the first word, found in Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I would ask that you would be the preacher, that you would forgive me and cleanse me of any sin, and that you wouldn't just stir us, but that you would change us. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, whenever I've read the Christmas, or Easter story, I should say, I've always been in, fascinated with the centurion. I mean, here you have a Roman soldier. And at the death of Jesus, he stands and declares that truly this is the Son of God. I've always wondered why he did that. What changed his mind and his attitude? And you know, when you read the story, you find that Jesus prayed. And when he prayed, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's amazing to me. But that's what he prayed. The centurion was a Roman soldier. And he often uh, would oversee a hundred soldiers. And on this particular Good Friday, he was given the task to execute three men on a cross. He saw these three men as enemies of the state. And he was a soldier, so he was sworn to protect Rome. So he was doing his job. And he most likely has done this job a hundred times or possibly a thousand times where he had to crucify men that had gone against Rome. And on this particular day, he was no different. It was, he was indifferent towards the men. But when he got done crucifying him and Jesus died, he stood and he said, truly, this is the Son of God. I believe one of the reasons why he was able to say that and what changed his attitude and his mind towards Jesus was Jesus' prayer. Now, a lot of people believe that possibly he just prayed this prayer once. But when you look at the context and you look at the words within the verse, again, Luke 23, verse 34, it says, Jesus said. That word literally means continuous, repeated action. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ prayed this prayer repeatedly, consistently, constantly. So when the centurion ordered that the soldiers would drive the nail into Jesus' left wrist, They would have heard him say, Father, forgive them. When they drove the nail into his right wrist, most likely he would have yelled out and screamed, Father, forgive them. But they know not what they do. When he took the larger spike and drove it into his legs and pinned him against the beam, he would have said, Father, forgive them. When they put the sign over his head, once they hoisted him up in the air naked before the people in the cross fell into the ground. And they put the sign above his head as to mock the Jews. He would have said, Father, forgive them. When the people continued to taunt him and mock him, he would have said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When the soldiers were gambling for his garments, he would have said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Over and over and again, they would have heard Jesus pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the soldiers, and especially this particular soldier, the centurion, 
would have heard that and it would have blown his mind. It would have impacted him in such a way because that isn't how people died on a cross in those days or any day. Historians tell us this, and I'm talking about Roman historians. It's very common for those who were crucified to utter blasphemies and words of wrath towards those who were involved in the, in the execution. In other words, those people who were crucifying them, the people being crucified would have hurled these wraths and blasphemies at the people that were driving those nails into their hands. The contemporary historian Seneca recounts that those who were being crucified would normally curse everybody, in their, even their mothers and their fathers, because they would be cursing the day that they were born. Another contemporary of that day, a Roman philosopher, Cicero, writes that the executioners would sometimes even cut out the tongues of the criminals so that the soldiers would not have to listen to the screaming and the cursing. So according to the Roman historians, Jesus was absolutely different than anybody who had ever been crucified on any cross. And the centurion would have watched this and heard this. And he would have heard Jesus not cursing, but praying for those who were killing him and saying, Father, forgive them. This would have impacted him. It would have impacted him so much because he would have thought to himself, I've never seen a man die like this. We're doing the very worst we can to this man. And how's he respond? They would have seen Jesus at his best. It wasn't just his words that impacted those men or his prayer, but his actions. In other words, he was backing up with his character everything that he had said. This changed this this man's mind and his attitude towards Jesus Christ. And he's the one who stood up and said, this one is who he said he was. He is who he, he said he was. He is the son of God. You know, that should give us tremendous hope. Because when Jesus prayed, he not only prayed for that man, but he prayed for us all. And when he prayed, he said, forgive them. Father, forgive. So it's because it's Jesus who's saying this. Based on his character, we can take that word and know that it's true. He's saying, Father, forgive them. That word literally means, it's a banking term, that literally means your debt being canceled. Your loan being being pardoned your debt being canceled your loan being pardoned i'll never forget as you know my son being ill and jesus healing him but i'll also never forget the bills that continued to build after 12 times going in and out of the hospital emergency rooms and i thought looked at this bill and i thought there's no way we're going to be able to pay this for years and finally i got a anonymous letter in the mail and in that letter there was a check that paid for the bill you know when I paid that bill off I was rejoicing but I remembered this what Jesus said here on this this day in this first word forgive what he's saying he's he's saying to to the father he's saying father take my payment and pay the debt in their account, as if they didn't owe a thing. Erase the debt. 
take my payment, put it in their account, and remove it, erase it, cancel it, as if it never happened. I remember another time I was in seminary. I got another bill. It was on a Friday. And in the bill, the number was so large that I had no way of paying it. I walked up to the cashier and I told her, I said, there's no way I can pay this. And on the letter, it said that I have to leave seminary if I can't. She went into my file and pulled out another paper. And she showed it to me. And on that piece of paper, it said, debt canceled, paid in full. She ripped up the bill that I received, threw it in the garbage and looked at me and said, Ed, walk away from here as if this never happened. You know what Jesus is saying to us when he says forgive? He's saying, Father, do not remember. No record of wrongs as if it never happened. Do not count this against them. And those of us who have put our faith in Christ, we know that that's true, that he's cleansed us. For the Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9. It says, but we, are, we confess our sins. He is faithful and righteous, forgiving us of our sins and cleansing us from part, no, all of our unrighteousness. We know that when Jesus says forgive, he means forgive it all. And we rejoice in that. But not only has Jesus been able to give to us forgiveness, but those of us who are following him, he's saying to us, forgive as well. Forgive as you've been forgiven. In other words, we're to forgive as we've been forgiven. We're to forgive our trespassers, those who have trespassed against us. You know, a lot of people will say, you know, Jesus was the son of God. He could, he could forgive like that. But there's Stephen in the book of Acts when they were stoning him. And he said this. He said, Father, do not hold this sin against them. And then he passed into the presence of God. We have all kinds of examples within the scriptures and even in our contemporary day of people being able to forgive as Jesus was able to forgive us. He's asking us to forgive one another. He's asking you to forgive the ones who have hurt you deeply. Now look it. Look right here. I know that people have hurt you. I know people have said things about you behind your back. I know they've gossiped. They've lied. They've done things physically, mentally, spiritually, sexually to you. And you're looking at it saying, there's no way I can forgive this person. But Jesus is saying... You can. If you know me, if you're willing to release the bitterness and anger and release that person, I'll give you the same kind of love that you see here on the cross. I'll give you the ability to forgive that person. But you've got to do one thing. You've got to release them. I'll never forget a time that I was in college and I was trying to get out of a room. This is true. And I kept pushing on the door and pushing on the door and I couldn't get out. And I mean, I began to pound on the door saying, someone help me. I can't get out of here. And then finally, I pulled on the door. <laughs> and the door was open the whole time. And as I pulled on the door, I walked out of the room. The reason why Jesus says forgive, one of the reasons, is because he knows that you will be locked up. You'll never experience the forgiveness and the abundant life that Jesus Christ can give you. You'll never experience it. Even though you've walked through the door of salvation and you are forgiven, 
You'll never truly experience his forgiveness until you release that per- person or, that, or those people. Instead of pushing, pull the door open and allow the Spirit of God to come into your life and to be able to for- help you to forgive that person who's hurt you. If you don't, you'll always be locked up, my friend. I want you to bow your heads for a moment. Just before we kneel, just bow your head right there. This is a true story. And I want you to just sit at the cross for a moment. With your eyes closed, I just want to say to you, are you harboring any unforgiving spirit towards someone today? Have you been hurt so deeply that you cannot imagine that you'll be able to forgive that person? But I want you to just sit. I invite you to spend some time right at the foot of the cross and reflect upon Jesus' words. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And ask the Lord to help you release that person. Release the anger and bitterness. And ask him to put in that place, in your heart, forgiveness and love. And he can do that. But only he can. Hear this story as you think about and pray. This is a true story about a contemporary little girl who died in a concentration camp built by the Nazis in 1939. They found this little piece of paper in a dead child's coat. It's a prayer. O Lord, remember not only the men and women of goodwill, but also those of ill will. But do not remember all of the suffering they have afflicted upon us, Instead, remember the fruits we have borne because of this suffering. Our fellowship, our loyalty to one another, our humility, our courage, our generosity, the greatness of heart that was grown from, the, from this trouble. When our persecutors come to be judged by you, let all these fruits that we have borne be their forgiveness. Let all these fruits that we have borne be their forgiveness. Release it, my friend. Now please kneel with me. Whether you'd like to kneel or sit, whatever your custom might be. And let me pray. O merciful God, grant me yet again your forgiveness. Forgive and cleanse me from any sins and blot them out of the book of your remembrance. Give me faith so that to lay hold of your own holiness, so to rejoice in the righteousness of Christ my Savior, that resting on his merits rather than on my own, I may more and more become conformed to his likeness, my will becoming one with his obedience to your will. All this I ask for this holy namesake, his holy namesake, in Jesus' name, amen.